On this finals Wednesday edition of Locked On Grizzlies, DeMichael Cole and I are back together. The in-season tournament schedule has been announced. What the heck is the in-season tournament anyway? How is it going to impact the Memphis Grizzlies? Will this be valuable experience for them on their road to the NBA finals? And are they going to be able to get to this in-season tournament finals? We'll do some early group analysis and make some early predictions here on this episode of Locked On Grizzlies. Let's lock in. You are Locked On Grizzlies, your daily Memphis Grizzlies podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another episode of Locked On Grizzlies. I am your host, Joe Monax, joined at this time by my co-host, DeMichael Cole, the commercial appeal there in Memphis, Tennessee. It is always good to be back with DeMichael, the dynamic duo, riding and rising again for a finals Wednesday edition of Locked On Grizzlies. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts as proud members of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team each and every day. Check us out on YouTube. Wherever you get your podcasts, like, comment, rate, review, subscribe, all of those very important, very fun things. And we thank you making us today and every time there's a new episode of Locked On Grizzlies, your first listen, your first view, however you take in the podcast. To Michael, it has been a while. I know some uh, some wild things are going on in Memphis, whether it's the close of PGA Tour tournaments or uh, books and movies and, and from Hollywood being crushed forever uh, in terms of the the hopeful story uh, of the Tuies and Michael Ower. And unfortunately, it seems like that is disintegrating before our eyes. We don't have to go too far down that, that rabbit hole, but it's been a busy uh, few days in Memphis, Tennessee, since we last spoke. It has. It's, it's, it's been wild. I mean, you know, last week I was pretty tied down with the, mm-hmm. with the tournament, uh, with the golf tournament. And, and uh, people ask me, well, how did, did you like it? You know, covering golf and, Here's my thing with covering golf. It's such a contrast from covering the NBA. Joe, it's a hard adjustment. It's you go different. from you go from screaming 20,000 fans, defense, defense, to shh, be quiet. He's about to put. You can't Hush say a word. Hush like it's it's completely different. But every year, uh great output in Memphis and and again uh went down to the playoff. A bunch of great performances. So it was fun. Yeah, fun. And you got to wear your bird dogs, right? You always go when you go golfing. You got to wear my bird dogs, right? There you go. Got to wear my bird dogs, put on my little shorts, and you you know, make my legs look good. So I got to wear my bird dogs. It's all good. I get to wear my bird dogs. Free advertising for bird dogs here on Lockdown Grizzlies. They're not even our title sponsor today. So uh, shout out to bird dogs and shout out to you, to Michael, for all the hard work you put in covering golf, uh, doing double duty down there in Memphis this past week as the Grizzlies on a bit of a hiatus, of course, in the, the deep days of the offseason here. So it makes a little bit of sense for the commercial appeal to, to ask you to do a little something different. And I'm sure you had a good time. It's a wonderful event. Obviously, St. Jude being the main beneficiary. So it's for a good cause at the very least. You mentioned one tournament, the golf tournament that just concluded there in Memphis, Tennessee. Our focus on this episode of Lockdown Grizzlies is going to be the in-season tournament. This is a finals Wednesday, so we'll eventually, by the end of the show, get to a prediction of how we think the Memphis Grizzlies are going to do in this very first installment 
of the in-season tournament. But if you're anything like me, DeMichael, I am not the biggest fan of European soccer. This tournament is very European soccer-ish in terms of its structure. So I'm an ignorant American sports fan. I don't fully grasp what this is. If you are like me, dear listener, dear viewer, DeMichael is going to help us out because he's going to give us the basic layout of what this tournament is going to be, how the games are going to be played, because it's not just one weekend or one week. This is spread out over a month or so, right? Yeah, it's it's pretty much going to like blend in to the regular season in some type right. of ways. Uh, these games, uh, the Grizzlies will play four games, and they're going to be stretched pretty much over a three-week period. And it's going to be four weeks if you advance into the tournament. Uh, with the first games projected to be, you know, November third, for example, for the Grizzlies, and their last game that has anything to do with the tournament will be December eighth. But there are so many factors, you know, at play here. Number one, we got to start off with the groups, right? Uh, there are three groups of five. There are three Western Conference groups. There are three Eastern Conference groups. How did the NBA come up with these? There were some random drawing based on uh, the standings of last NBA season. So for the Grizzlies, they landed in a group that features the Los Angeles Lakers, the team that beat them in the playoffs last season, mm-hmm. uh, the Phoenix Suns, who are a trendy pick to do some really good things this year but after they acquired Bradley Bill. Then you got a couple other teams, Utah Jazz, one of those up-and-coming teams, nice little uh, young nucleus right there, and they flashed a little bit last season. Then there's Portland, who nobody knows what this team is going to look like. You got Jeremy mm-hmm. Grant and Damian Lillard, but you just don't know how long those guys are going to be around, especially Damian Lillard. So with all that being said, that's the group that the Grizzlies are in. Very winnable group, but there are so many factors. Uh, We'll get to one factor uh, in the next segment that I think will come into play when we talk about a roster and personnel standpoint. But we talk about just the in-season tournament. What is it? Uh, You know the groups. So the Grizzlies will play all four of those teams that we just mentioned. They'll play the Blazers. uh, They'll play the Lakers. They'll play the Suns. And uh, they'll play – who's the fourth team that I just mentioned? Uh, you said Portland, Phoenix, the Jazz. Los Angeles, and the Jazz. Blazers, yep. yep. Blazers, Lakers, Jazz, Suns. They'll play those four teams, right? And one team from each group. Again, there's the Grizzlies are in Western Conference Group A. There's an Eastern Conference Group A. There's a Western Conference Group B, Eastern Conference Group B. And the same thing for Group C. They're in groups of five, and it evens out completely because there are 30 teams in the NBA. Right. The winner of each group will advance to what's called the knockout stage. But there will be eight teams, because you have six teams advance to the knockout stage. That doesn't make – well, there will be eight teams that advance. And how the NBA has decided on doing this is you have Group A, B, and C in the Western Conference. One second-place team will advance as well as the three first – as well as the three group winners from the West and the three group winners from the East. How will they determine that second-place team? Well, the first – the first tiebreaker will be head-to-head. So let's say the two second-place teams come from one division. That means they played against each other. That head-to-head game will be the determining factor in who advances as that second-place team that goes into that final round of eight. And then let's say they're from different divisions, which is very likely to happen. And this tiebreaker is very interesting to me, especially in a game like the NBA. You mentioned the European soccer thing earlier. We see points differential in soccer all the time. That's no sweat, right? Point differential mattering in the NBA, we don't really see that a lot. But that's going to be the case in this play-in tournament. So you see some teams up 30 and 
and you got Steph Curry still shooting three-pointers with a minute left, uh, you probably know why. Uh, so point differential will be a big factor in this tournament because, quite <clears> frankly, uh, the Grizzlies, each each Western Conference group is loaded, by the way, but the Grizzlies are in a group with the Lakers and the Suns, and the chances are that only one of them is going to advance to that knockout stage. Once you get to the knockout stage, it's single-game elimination uh, for the for the rest of the tournament. And the winner of the entire tournament, because some people might say, well, what's the prize here? Uh, $500,000 for each player on the winning team. Yeah, that might not matter for John Morant that much. Might not matter for Desmond Bain that much. Might not matter for Jaron that much. But I tell you what, Jaron, Jaron Jackson Jr. better play his butt off for Jake LaRavia and Zaire Williams and uh, John Conchar, that $500,000 is going to be a big difference for those back-end rotation guys. So uh, I think the $500,000 is a nice incentive. Uh, and you said it earlier, you're, you're not a big fan of this. Here's my input. I When the idea was first announced, you could see all my tweets and everything. I wasn't a big fan either. But the way that the league is kind of meshing it with the regular season it's open. It's opening me up to the idea a little bit more. Say, okay, it's early in the regular season. When let's be honest, first before Christmas, the regular season is a little bit boring. You know, after we get past the first couple weeks where we see these new teams and how they look, at that point you're just waiting till the probably the All Star breaking the stretch run. Like not waiting. It's still fun, but it's less entertaining than the second half of the season. But how is the league fixing that? Well, in this case, in this tournament, not only do you got the high competition. But you put this tournament early in the season where uh, you have the incentives and, and the Grizzlies are in a stacked division. You got the point differential tiebreaker. I like the fact that it blends into the regular season standpoint. Check this out. because Some people might be wondering, well, are the teams that advance further, are they going to play more games than the teams that get knocked out in group stage? No. What the league will do is we'll see the NBA schedule. We're, we're probably going to talk about it on the next episode because the schedule will come out on Thursday. Once the NBA schedule comes out, you're going to see two open dates uh, for teams. And that'll be December 6th and 8th, more than likely, for certain teams. Let's say the Grizzlies, and we'll get to this later, let's say the Grizzlies don't advance to the knockout stage. If they advance to the knockout stage, they'll be playing December 7th and December 9th. If they don't advance to the knockout stage, they'll play December 6th and December 8th, and you'll have those eight teams in the knockout round. You take those teams out, there'll be 22 teams left in the NBA uh, what the NBA will do is schedule between those teams, and the Grizzlies will play two of those other 21 teams uh, on December 6th and December 8th. So the schedule will work out perfectly. Every team will end up still playing the same amount of games. Once I learned that part of it, I was okay, John. I will give my full thoughts here in just a moment in our next segment, but everything you just said sounds very confusing to me. I think that it will be – Fine. I agree that it'll be fine, but I'll give my full take on the tournament and whether or not this is going to be valuable for the Grizzlies and the NBA teams at large moving forward next here on Lockdown Grizzlies. But first, this episode of Lockdown Grizzlies is brought to you by FanDuel. Big fans of FanDuel here on Lockdown Grizzlies. Football season, which I'm going to talk about in our next segment, is about to kick off. FanDuel is giving you the chance to win all season long because right now when you bet on a Super Bowl winner, you can get bonus bets every time they win in the regular season. You just pick any team to win the Super Bowl and you'll get bonus bets for every victory. You can use bonus bets on spreads, player props, over-unders, and so much more. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and start earning bonus bets 
with America's number one sports book. That's fanduel.com slash locked on. We're talking more about this in-season tournament and whether or not it's going to help the Grizzlies, whether they get to the finals of this in-season tournament or the NBA finals next here on Locked On Grizzlies. Welcome back to Locked On Grizzlies. I am Joe Mullinax, joined by my co-host, Michael Cole, of the Commercial Appeal there in Memphis, Tennessee. And if for whatever reason, you missed the first segment of this show, you definitely need to go back and check it out because DeMichael did an expert job explaining the way that this in-season tournament is going to work. And again, I'm a simple American sports fan, DeMichael. So what I'm about to say next is going to come off like a simple American sports fan. I know you know the answers to these two questions, so I'm going to put you on the spot. I'm DeMichael, what is the most popular sport in the United States of America, especially in the fall and winter? It's football. Okay. There you go. Because that's important for my overall point. What is the second most popular sport or sporting group in the country during the fall and winter months? During the fall and winter months, the second most popular. That's, that's it's college football. It's, it's college, college football. football. Okay. Okay. That's, oh, that's, that's why that's I said yeah. point. Mm-hmm. So we are entering into, obviously, Labor Day is kind of the official launching point for college football. And then the week after that's the NFL. We are entering into the time period where the country goes football crazy, right? Not everybody loves football. People criticize football. Football's too dangerous. It's dying at the youth level. You hear all sorts of things like that. The numbers and the money don't lie, right? The ratings don't lie. Football is king. I think of the top 100 programs of 2022 in terms of Nielsen ratings on television, football was literally 92 of them or something like that. So, or 82. So it was some unbelievable number. Football is still very popular in this country, American football. Okay. So to your point that you mentioned earlier, they are doing something to try to make the early part of their season where they are still directly competing with college football and the NFL. They are trying to make their game more interesting because the NBA regular season can drag out. It can become a bit of a, 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 for lack of a better word, a marathon in terms of trying to cover it and enjoy it. What makes football unique is that it feels like every game matters, right? Because there's so few of them. I'm a football coach at the high school level. I have been working and our players have been working since January, okay? So that's literally seven and a half months that they have been lifting weights, practicing, doing all these things for 10 games. They're going to play 10 times and that's it, right? Maybe we make the playoffs, but football Obviously, the NFL has expended their expended, excuse me, expanded their schedule. College football has expanded their playoff, but every game feels like it matters, right? Almost every game in college football, every game in the NFL feels like an event, right? You don't say that about Wednesday nights in December in the NBA, unless that Wednesday night, to your point from earlier, is Christmas Eve or Christmas Day, right? That's the only time where it feels like an event. The NBA is trying to cultivate that type of environment more consistently. Bravo to them. I genuinely mean that. At least they're trying something. I think that's a fair thing to say. I don't know that this is my cup of tea. I'm not sure that this benefits the Grizzlies in their overall pursuit of an NBA championship because the tournament structure is so different. This isn't a seven-game series. Like This is literally what a – this is literally what a – Soccer team in Europe, Premier League, whatever. It's that kind of tournament. That's what this is structured like. This is not what the NBA playoffs are going to be. 
So on one hand, it is valuable to the league because they're putting forth effort to make their early regular season where they're competing with football more interesting. Kudos to them. In my opinion, outside of the money, which is going to, you didn't mention Xavier Tillman. I think Xavier Tillman is making something like $1.9 million this year. Yeah. If they win this tournament, it's 25%, right? It's 25% of his yearly salary if they win. So I think you're exactly right that you're going to see guys like that be like, oh, hell yeah, let's play this tournament. I'm curious to see how a team like Phoenix plays it, right? How a team like the Lakers play it. Because on, and we'll talk more about this in the next segment. On paper, those are two teams that are going to be more physically talented than the Memphis Grizzlies, especially with John Morant out. Because all through group play and the first knockout stage of the tournament, John's not going to be there almost certainly, right? It's going to fall within those first 25 games of the regular season. But the Grizzlies are going to have a lot of guys that are going to be interested in that $500,000. And do the Lakers play LeBron James and Anthony Davis with that goal in mind? Do they push through at, in Phoenix with Kevin Durant? If he has a sore knee, are they going to say, oh, gee, gosh, golly, we got to get that in-season tournament win. I think that it's going to be a, a wonderful case study in how these teams view this tournament, the way that they go about it. Obviously, there's incentives like playing games, certain amount of games. I think it's 65 in order to be eligible for, you know, after season awards, end of season awards. I am curious to see how teams with veterans and for the Grizzlies, it benefits them. Right. Because there's two teams that have Kevin Durant and LeBron James, respectively. Those are two of the best players in the NBA, and they're also getting up there in age injury concerns. Is this in-season tournament going to matter to them as much as it might matter to Memphis, not necessarily for NBA Finals preparation, but because of the opportunity for young players to get that extra money? Yeah, it's more about your teammates and this type of thing. And, right. And, and here, here's where, where my mind is. Because, one, we don't we don't know if the players are going to care. Like, we don't know if the coaches are going to care. That's that's something I'm interested to see once yeah, we talk to true. Taylor Jenkins. Like, if Kawhi Leonard – is I'm sure they're going to schedule it where these games won't come up on back-to-backs and things like that. But if it's mm-hmm. a four and six days and you have a tournament game, uh, it's your fourth game in a six-day stretch, uh, do the Clippers still say, hey, we're going to we're resting Kawhi because we're on his his normal rest plan or or things like that? Or is it, no, it's a tournament game. we got to ramp it up. we got to play through this. I want to see how teams approach it from that perspective as well. And, I mean – when I talk about playing for your teammates, here's what I think will happen Like from a prediction standpoint. A team like the Suns, a team like the Celtics, a team uh, like the Warriors, all these teams are teams who have a lot of minimum level players. Those players, $500,000 is a lot. Think yeah. about the Suns. They got Eric Gordon, who probably could have got a mid-level exception or a, a biannual. He could have got more than $2 million at a lot of places. I wouldn't be surprised if Kevin Rant, Devin Booker, DeAndre Ayton, Bradley Beal, those guys say, hey, we got you to sign here for that. We're going to try to get you that extra $500,000. I would, If I was Eric Gordon, I'd say, look, y'all got me to sign for that. You better give me that $500,000. That's where my mind would be. But I think that could be the case with a lot of different teams. So I think the team makeups will play a role in it. The fact that it's early in the season, I feel like some coaches, and we'll see again, but some coaches, some teams may say, hey, we can go for it. If we want to ramp a guy up for 42 minutes in these uh, in these games, we can do that because it's only 
you know, uh, early November in December. We can rest them a little bit in March and we can rest them a little bit in February and, and all of that. Uh, this won't have uh, much effect on a player's management over the course of the season. So I can see that uh, side of it as well. But from the Grizzlies standpoint, I mentioned earlier, I was going to mention something. And I was looking at the schedule again. John Morant, and, and there is a possibility. We'll have pretty much the full answer once the schedule comes out Thursday. And, and we talk about it probably on Friday's show. So we'll we'll have more uh, there. But I was looking at the schedule. Do you know when John Morant's 25, 25th uh, game uh was played last season. Well, the Grizzlies played their 25th game. It was December 7th. Right. December 7th is a semifinal game in uh, the play in the in-season tournament. And December 9th would be the championship game. So wouldn't it be something like, it'd be like one of those Hollywood movies, right? The Grizzlies somehow make it to the semifinals or, or, or whatever the case may be. And John Morant's first game back is in the championship of the in-season tournament or whatever the case may be would be real storybook but i just wanted to throw that out there because you got that factor as well uh, once the schedule comes out with these additional in-season tournament games we'll see if john Morant can even factor into this because just looking at it early november he won't be available so you yeah. won't have john Morant early in the uh play in the play in in-season tournament and it's looking like based on these groups you're probably going to have to go three and one with a good uh point differential to win these things extremely important for the Grizzlies to be competitive against all of those teams. And the way that those games line up are going to be pretty significant as well. I think you're exactly right there to Michael. When we come back, finishing up this episode of Lockdown Grizzlies, this finals Wednesday edition, can the Grizzlies get to the finals of the in-season tournament? We'll take a closer look at the Grizzlies group and we'll make some way too early predictions about where Memphis will fall. We'll talk about that next here on Lockdown Grizzlies. Stay with us. Welcome back to Locked On Grizzlies. I am Joe Mullinax. One of your hosts of Bluff City Media is where you can find my work. You can also check me out over at SB Nation from time to time as a contributor. I'm joined by DeMichael Cole of the Commercial Appeal there in Memphis, Tennessee. Make sure you're following him on Twitter at DeMichael C. He's the Memphis Grizzlies beat writer for that publication. I guess I can't call it Twitter anymore. Can I, X? I, I don't. I'm going to keep calling it Twitter until they tell me not to. Follow me on Twitter at Joe Mullinax. We've been talking about this new in-season tournament. DeMichael is a little more excited about it than me. As I mentioned earlier, I appreciate that they are making an attempt, an effort to make their early season games, trying to battle the big bad wolf that is the NFL. In sports media, it's the NFL and then it's everybody else, right? Like That's just the reality of it. But the NBA is pretty clearly the number two in the media circles of the major professional sports leagues, right? I still think college football is in front of the NBA during football season. Uh, but the end up between, you know, NFL, NBA, Major League Baseball, National Hockey League, whatever, NASCAR, you know, maybe if you want to throw USC, WWE in there, whatever. I think the NBA is a pretty clear number two in the United States at this point. I think that's fair to say. Numbers back that up. You see the amazing money these players are making on contracts. That's because of the TV money. Uh, people are willing to pay for NBA television rights. That's just the reality. But I, while I admire the attempt, I am not sure how valuable it will be to the Grizzlies in particular. DeMichael made some good points about members of their group, like an Eric Gordon maybe being interested, much like a Xavier Tillman would be interested. And that leads us to our group analysis portion of the show. You mentioned earlier the four other teams that are in this group with Memphis. You got the Los Angeles Lakers, you've got the Utah Jazz, you got the Portland Trailblazers, and the Phoenix Suns. 
I feel like because of the absence of John Morant, the pretty obvious pick as the breakdowns of all of these things, and I'll be honest, I haven't had a chance to look and see. I'm sure there's early analysis just like we're doing right now. The easy thing to do would be just to slate Phoenix and the Lakers as the two teams that make it out. And the probably for this particular group, people will debate, is it going to be the Lakers winning the group or is it going to be Phoenix? I think who, whichever one is two is going to be a popular pick for being that two seed that makes it out of the Western Conference into the knockout stage. So that would probably put the Grizzlies around three, right? The Utah Jazz will be young and, and plucky, but I don't think they're quite ready for the competitiveness of what this will be, if it is that competitive. And Portland, to your point, who the heck knows what Portland's going to look like. So Memphis is probably slated as the number three team, which means they'll miss the knockout stage and they'll have to get games added, as you mentioned earlier to Michael. I think that's very fair. I would probably make that prediction myself. I don't know that Memphis will be able to get past Phoenix. You mentioned Eric Gordon. Obviously, they have DeAndre Ayton there still. They have so much talent that if they are invested in trying to win the tournament, I don't think the Grizzlies without John Moran have the firepower. Memphis versus Los Angeles will be a little bit more interesting. The Grizzlies would have to win big over the Lakers in order to that point differential idea, and they'll definitely have to win big in their other two games to run up that score. I don't know that the Grizzlies have the firepower without John Moran to compete in this tournament. So as much as I would like to say, rah, rah, go Memphis Grizzlies, I think I have to take off the Beale Blue, excuse me, Beale Street Blue shaded glasses on this one and be a realist and say probably best case scenario is the Grizzlies are the two-ish seed without the point differential to move on in a tiebreaker scenario. Or they're the three seed in the group and they don't have a chance at all at moving on. That's kind right. of where I'm at with this. What say you? Yeah, uh, I won't bear the lead here. I'll, I'll quickly say I agree. But now that I've gotten that out the way, I will say this. And you touched on it a little bit earlier. And I, and I want to get a deeper into it because I think it is very realistic that the, the second team, uh, remember there's going to be one extra Western Conference team and Eastern Conference team. Uh, that doesn't win their group, a second-place team uh, will get into the sure. knockout round. And it's very realistic that that will come from the West A group, which is the Grizzlies group. So here's why I think that's the case. From my personal standpoint, and, and Joe, you can put your input in here as, after we go through these teams, I think the other groups pretty much have at least four teams who are very much uh, playoff caliber. I mm -hmm. think the Grizzlies in the West, they're the only, only uh, group that has between the Grizzlies, the Suns, and the Lakers, where you can say those are playoff caliber teams. Right. The Jazz, they're still a little bit low playoff caliber. Really solid young team. We saw they beat the Grizzlies in Utah game. Uh, they're capable of sneaking up on you. But Portland should be a win. Let's yeah. just say that. If you go to the Western Conference group, if you go to West B, you got the Nuggets, you got the Clippers, you got the Pelicans who – uh, we'll see if Zion should be healthy. This is early in the season. We saw right. Zion in November was a monster last year. So the Pelicans, the Clippers, the Nuggets, the Mavs expected to take a leap up. That's four to me. That's four playoff caliber teams right there. You got the Rockets in there, and that's kind of the, I guess you could say, the throwaway team in that group. But only one team. And then you go to West C. You got the Kings, who may take a step back. But, again, nice team. Uh, you got the Warriors. Nice team. You got the Wolves. Been really good. 
uh, you got the Thunder, who, again, I think it's very fair to say that's a team that should be in the playoff hunt this year uh, with Chet Holcomb getting in the picture and those young guys taking another step. So to me, that group, uh, the Spurs are the only team that's a little bit below playoff caliber. Uh, when point differential comes into play, the Grizzlies, uh, the Lakers, the Suns can kind of separate themselves when you play uh, the Blazers, when you play the Jazz, and kind of create a point differential difference there. Uh, that second team in West A, I think it's very realistic to see that team come out and, and get that opportunity. I think it's going to be hard. I mean, I think you're talking about the Nuggets got to play uh, the Mavs. They got to play the Clippers. They got to play the Pelicans. Uh, and you're talking about West C. The Kings are going to have to play the Warriors. They're going to have to play the Wolves. They're going to have to play the Thunder. Like, maybe West C could get the second team, I think. But it's going to be tough. Uh, if the Grizzlies somehow could, could sneak their way into possibly going three and one, uh, you 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 split the Suns and the Lakers and you win those other two, you go three and one. You got a realistic chance of sneaking into that knockout stage. But here's the good part as well. Even if because at the end of the day, we talk about it championship on final on finals Wednesday uh, every week. At the end of the day, you're competing for June. And the thing about June is if you lose early in this tournament and you don't advance to the knockout round, guess what? The top eight teams from the tournament are gonna advance to the knockout round. So the chances are in your favor when you get those two additional regular season games. While uh if the Lakers win group West A, uh, while they're going to be having to play against uh, possibly the Boston Celtics or the Milwaukee Bucks or, you know, a team of that caliber, you're probably just going to have to play the Spurs or you're going to have to play the Hornets or or you're going to have to play the Washington Wizards because they're one of the teams left or the Orlando Magic. So if you don't advance to the knockout stage, you get two games added onto your schedule and it probably won't be two really difficult opponents. So your, your regular season – uh, record could get that boost. But here's the other thing. I want to make sure I mention this as well. Uh, for one, the semifinals and the finals of the in-season tournament will be played in Las Vegas, which if you mm. wonder if this is about the money, well, there you go. <laughs> it's about the money. It's it's all it's always about the money. It's always about the money. And here's the other thing. Not only will those two games be played in, in, in Las Vegas, but here's the crucial one. As we're talking about tiebreakers and regular season in the finals, the uh, – Championship game will not count in terms of, you know, tiebreaker, regular season, and things like that. So the semifinal game will count, but the championship game won't count in that matter. So maybe that could be the ultimate uh, stick it to the league if the Golden State Warriors make the championship game and they just sit everybody because they don't want them to they don't want them to get hurt. Again, once $500,000 is on the line, I have a feeling that championship game That'll probably be high-level basketball because they'll want the cash, right? I think that's reality uh, when it comes to professional basketball. The goal is to make as much money as much as you can while you can uh, as professional sports overall. So I, I do think that it will be valuable if Memphis can get to the knockout round because it's a higher level of competition. The intensity will be higher. That is probably the closest you'll get to what a game seven would be like. And that's what the NBA is going for, right? That's part of the point of this is making those games mean more. I just don't know that they're going to value the juice being worth the squeeze of Jaron Jackson Jr. having to play 38 minutes a game in these tournament games. I don't know that they're going to do that. After watching this team historically, the way that they manage these players, I have a hard time believing they're going to change that for this tournament. We'll see. 
right? There's certainly a possibility it's new and it's exciting. And again, I feel like I've been a Debbie Downer this episode. Kudos to the NBA for trying, right? I genuinely mean that. They are they acknowledge a weakness in their product. They're trying to improve it. It may not be for me in particular, but not everything is in this world. And I do think that there's a possibility that they have some success with it. It's it's an interesting attempt that I, uh, I am uh, appreciative of. So thanks to the NBA for that. And thanks to you, dear listener, dear viewer, checking out Lockdown Grizzlies, however you watch, however you listen, on YouTube, wherever you get your podcasts, we're free and available. Like, comment, rate, review, subscribe, all those fun things. Thank you so much for making to Michael and I. Every time there is an episode of Lockdown Grizzlies, part of your NBA and Grizzlies content consumption experience. The next time that we're back, it'll probably be around Friday, as DeMichael alluded to. You know, we're, we're getting we're giving you three episodes a week in these dog days of the NBA offseason. So we'll shoot for a Friday episode, DeMichael. And it sounds yeah. like we'll have something interesting to talk about for that Friday edition of the show. Well, we broke down the NCAA tournament today. Then Now we Friday we'll get to break down the NBA schedule. Mm-hmm. Tell you what, Joe, I'm going to make my own prediction. It's not on the schedule. It's on you. It's on your attitude. I think the way this schedule comes out will impact what type of Joe we get Friday. I could be wrong. Maybe you don't even care that much. But Mm -hmm. the Grizzlies, I looked at I went back and looked. They had 18 national televised games last season. Oh, it's going to be way down. Based on on what we're saying uh, off of this Mm in-season tournament, they only get one NBA TV game on the in-season tournament games. And not only that, what are the first 25 games going to look like without Jock? Are they going to see the Suns three times in that stretch? Are they going to see the Warriors three times in that stretch? Or is it going to be loaded with the two two matchups against the, the Magic, the Wizards? I can't wait to see uh, how that 25-game stretch is mapped out for the Grizzlies. Agreed. I'm looking forward to seeing that as well. And that'll be a fun Friday edition of Locked on Grizzlies to discuss. So for DeMichael, I'm Joe. Until next time, we'll be back with you on Friday for a new episode with a new episode of Locked on Grizzlies. Rate, review, like, comment, subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Check us out on YouTube. Have a great rest of your week. We'll see you Friday on Locked on Grizzlies.